friends at CMS have introduced a new final rule for the next round of competitive bidding. On today's episode, Mark Higley will give us an overview of the rule, explore how it might be a help or a hindrance to providers, and tell us how to prepare as the auction continues to take shape. My name is Brian Thompson, and this is Industry Matters. Today in the studio, I have Mark Higley. Mark is one of our VPs over in government relations and our resident policy guru here at VGM. Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here as always. And uh, to be clear, I guess I have a title of Regulatory Affairs. Oh. And that's uh, likely why you've got me here today to talk about the changes to the competitive bid program. That is exactly why I have you here. Now, Mark, I know that you're uh, relatively well known to our membership, but for anybody who might be joining us that isn't aware of you and your reputation, uh, in the industry. Can you just give us a, a brief overview of your, your background and your role here at, at VGM? Sure. I started uh, here in uh, 1998, so I'm going on uh, 21 plus years. I actually uh, was a friend of Van Miller's in the 80s when I uh, graduated uh, from MBA school. And the, uh, the connection between uh, Van and Jim Walsh was Waterloo, Iowa. My first position was here as an analyst with Deer & Company. Uh, on through the years, uh, Van and I did keep in touch, and when an opportunity developed, I moved back to Iowa from Florida in 1998, and since then I've been studying, as you uh, noted, policy, uh, industry, demographics, but um, more importantly, almost for the last 10 years, uh, a decade of my life, I've been following this competitive bid program. Well, a little bit too little too late, perhaps, but we've got some positive things that are happening. Why don't you, you mentioned that you've been studying this for a while, so before we get into the positives and the changes that we're seeing, tell me a little bit about the uh, historical problems that you've noticed. Why the changes? What are we, what are we adjusting things for? Well, when the program was, was authorized by Congress and then with various rulemaking throughout the years, um, noted auction and economic experts said the idea of saving the taxpayer money for a Medicare program is fine, but the auction's broken. And throughout the years, you're gonna have problems and these economists and these auction experts were correct. Notably, one of the lead auction experts, Dr. Peter Crampton, actually offered a demonstration of what the auction process that the competitive bid program was going to follow, uh, how it wouldn't work. And I, I went to at the University of Maryland uh, at Baltimore to a demonstration and a lot of the improvements that Dr. Crampton suggested actually have come to fruition in this new program that I'll tell you about shortly. But basically there was no skin in the game for those that wanted to, to enter um, bids. There, were, um, there was a very strange uh, auction system where it wasn't the uh, last bid in that, that, that we use the word clearing price. It was the middle of all the uh, DME providers that were offering bids, those bids that were accepted, it was the middle bid. So half of the companies were actually getting paid less than they bid. But more importantly, as Crampton noted, more than half the companies or half the companies got paid more than they bid. And there was just this huge incentive to bid very low, thinking that you would get uh, a contract for uh, back then there was uh, nine uh, competitive bid areas or metro areas and now there's 130 and it was just a broken program so uh, i'll go on here and I'll, I'll tell you some of the the improvements that we've seen uh, these are all brian uh, relatively recent there were some uh, proposed rules uh, 
in the middle of last year and, and as of November 1 of 2018, there was a final rule and um, I like it. Uh, I, I was, my background is in economics. I, as a teacher's assistant, I taught some statistics. I like these improvements and I think the bottom line is that there's going to be an increase uh, in Medicare reimbursement for these products. And to be clear, Brian, these products make up 75 to 85% of many of the DME providers throughout the United States um, sales. And uh, as you likely know, the state Medicaid's and the insurance companies, they follow these Medicare rates. So it's not just the Medicare reimbursement that's important to the thousands and thousands of uh, DME providers that we represent and the others throughout the nation. It affects everything. I hope that makes sense. Well, Mark, I think that a lot of our listeners are going to be really excited to, to hear that there's going to be an increase in reimbursement, but where's that going to be coming from? Can you tell us, uh, can you go into a little more depth about the improvements and what exactly they're going to, they're going to do for our providers and yep, I sure the people will. they serve? All right. We are going to have another auction and, and new and improved sounds like a cliche, but those rates that we will see that become effective in a couple years, and to be clear, it'll be January 1, 2021, or about two years from now. We're going to rebid all of these product categories that are currently within the competitive bid program. Now, it's important that I tell you, in the meantime, we've got a two-year break. So to be clear, no one's under contract now. Those 130 bid areas, metro city areas that I mentioned, anybody in good standing with Medicare billing privileges can now accept patients. So there's some of the uh, DME providers out there that um, were under contract and were displeased with the low rates due to this faulty auction, and they're not taking new patients. But on the uh, other hand, there are those that did not have access to these patients, and now they can have patients. Now they're gonna get paid pretty much similar to what we've seen during the last few years. The exception and the good news is, is that this final rule allowed a major increase for the zip code areas of, the, of uh, patients that um, live in what we call rural areas. It's almost a 25% increase. I can get into the details of the blend, but I don't want to. I don't want to bore you in the time that we've got right now. <laughs> but a, a, about a quarter of the population now is going to have a substantial increase. Now, for those cities that were under contracts, there is uh, an inflation uh, increase of two and a half percent, and for the rest of the country, it's it's pretty much pricing as it was before. But and as you just asked me, the good news is we've got a new program coming. We'll be out there, VGM, along with our stakeholder partners uh, this spring and this summer, uh, educating the uh, supplier community of, the, of these improvements that I'm gonna quickly um, get to in a second, because there are some major changes. And, and one of them is that there is no more middle bid or middle uh, reimbursement amount for all these product categories. It's considered a clearing price, but let's just make it more simple for the folks that are listening to it. The maximum winning bid, the last bid in for these product categories is what everyone's going to be paid. So there might be some, some dollar amounts that are X off, but the last um, bid that's accepted 
will be, again, what we call the clearing price. And just that by itself, Brian, is a major improvement. If we looked at some of the old um, competitive bid programs, and there were um, some uh, companies that got in at 40% off and some companies that got in at 10% um, off, but that, that range was 30 to 40% of those bids. So just mathematically, if you move from that middle amount to the top amount, you've got a 15% increase, maybe more. So that's the first of the key items that I believe will have uh, an improvement. The other issue that um, Dr. Crampton um, recommended and did uh, come to fruition is that it's not free to play in this auction anymore. We had many, many, many out-of-state, perhaps inexperienced, uh, and even some financially unviable companies that were bidding and affecting the overall reimbursements. Now, a bid bond is required and not just required to get into the auction, it's required for each of the 130 uh, bidding areas, competitive bidding areas, uh, for the next auction. So most of the, uh, and by the way, with, with full disclosure, and you're well aware of this as, uh, as well, uh, VGM does have an insurance uh, division operation, and we will be offering these bid bonds. So with this said, the law requires a $50,000 bond per competitive bid area. At 1% or perhaps a little less, you've got several hundred dollars now to enter this program with no guarantee of winning a contract. Now take that times 10 cities, 20 cities, 30 cities, that adds up. And also there's some important underwriting criteria where the bid, under, or the bid bond underwriters are not going to allow those companies that are so far away so undercapitalized to enter this program. Bottom line, Brian, you've got fewer players, but more qualified players, and that, in addition to the change of the clearing price, will also help bring the price up. So we've gotten rid of some bad guys, and we've also gotten some changes in the program. Now, have I confused you any yet? <laughs> All right. It definitely sounds complex. Now, now, Mark, you said that you you were going to be working hard uh, here in the coming months to do some education. Right. I imagine that you're going to be doing that for reasons other than that. It's you know this is just a, a complex system. Are there are there any risks that our listeners need to be aware of? Are there any? Yeah, that's a great question, and I appreciate that. And again, we'll begin this education in over the next many weeks, but not several weeks. We, we believe there will be a request for bid uh, instruction and detail coming from the agency, that's CMS, in a month or so, perhaps a couple months, but I think we're going to be actually getting down to the bidding process here in 2019, uh, perhaps this fall. As you said, are there any uh, quagmires that we need to, to worry about? And there are. Whereas before, the auction required the bidding um, entity to bid on every single HICPIC code. And to use an example in the mobility category, there could be hundreds. What the auction experts and the CMS agency did um, agree to is now there's going to be lead item pricing. And that's kind of, it might sound like a complicated term, but basically it's the higher utilized items that um, have the highest reimbursement 
gross amounts among these various product categories that are still continued to be bid. So you're gonna bid on one or two, perhaps three. There's, we're still offering comments to the uh, CMS agency with some recommendations for what actual uh, codes, product uh, items, uh, should be those lead items, but that's different than what the uh, DME community has ever done before. And, and VGM uh, is going to take the lead along with other major industry stakeholders in making sure that the uh, bidding companies know what this lead item pricing is all about and how it works and how it affects the prices of the other items within that category. Now, in the interest of time, we're, we've, uh, we won't get onto all the details but as always, VGM will be uh, providing various uh, bidding tools. We'll actually have an electronic calculator that will do a what-if scenario of if you bid this much on these lead items, here's what you're going to get paid on the rest of them. And that will be available um, relatively shortly. There's a few other changes that came within this final rule that I just want to touch on, and then I'll hand it back to you. The, the auction rules and changes we like. There are some changes to oxygen payment policies. Oxygen, as you know, makes up for many of the DME uh, suppliers out there a good percentage of their revenues. Sure. And they've got a, a new class that's never been competitively bid before. Uh, if I had input to the CMS agency, I would suggest it should not be bid, and we've commented accordingly, but we've got a new class of portable liquid oxygen equipment. And what we've done, um, or what the final rule has done, is it allows greater payment for the liquid oxygen uh, benefit. And there's some details that are available on our website. You're aware that we have uh, vgmdclink.com, which has a lot of resources, including uh, the reimbursement for the new oxygen and the new oxygen categories, as well as a nice um, lookup key for zip codes for patients that are in those rural areas that I mentioned, such that you can tell if the reimbursement's going to be at that, we call it the blended rate. It's, it's, it's about 25% improvement, so again, uh, for your listeners, vgmdclink.com. Yep, and we will definitely put that in the show notes so that people can access those resources, Mark. Mark, what, uh, what do our listeners need to be aware of and doing right now to make sure that uh, they are well reimbursed and that things go well for them under the rules of this new bidding system that we're going to be seeing roll out here shortly? Well, as before and in previous auctions, they need to start accumulating their financial data. The program is still tedious and it's still a paper-based, put it in a FedEx box and send it to Columbia, South Carolina, where the uh, contractor is but they're going to request, and this will be shortly when the quest for bid instructions come out, the most recent completed years of their income statements, their cash flow statements, and their balance sheets. There are, and it is available on the VGMDC link, some suggestions of the um, various uh, benchmarks, ratios, and so forth that CMS uses to analyze whether a bidder is financially appropriate to enter this program. 
And of course, they can contact me at any time, mark.higley at vgm.com or by uh, phone call or text 319-504-9515. But to more specifically answer your question, it's time now to accumulate those financials uh, and begin to review them prior to this program starting. And of course, the usual items. Are you accredited with your accrediting organization for all the product categories that you're going to bid? You might be bidding in a new area that you've not uh, entered into before. And while you might have um, had some experience offering these products to your insurance or your cash patients, you want to make sure that the National Supplier Clearinghouse uh, has you accredited accordingly. We'll provide a checklist as the request for uh, bid instructions come out that we'll offer to all of your, um, your all of our valued VGM members and, and to other uh, DME suppliers um, but right now, it's time to begin accumulating your financial data. All right. Well, you heard it, listeners. Make sure that you're doing that. Mark, I really appreciate your taking the time to come in and lay this all out. Uh, I imagine that this will not be the first time that we'll be talking as the, uh, as the months unfold and as things begin to take a little more shape. Uh, and you're able to give us a little bit more definitive advice, I'm sure we'll probably have exactly. you back on the show to talk to us again. One final comment. We're, we're awaiting what the final categories are. For instance, there is, um, from CMS, uh, the authority to bid new items that were never competitively bid before, and those are off-the-shelf back braces and uh, knee braces for uh, your listeners that might uh, have uh, some experience in orthotics. They're not off the table yet. Uh, didn't mean to use the word table twice, but <laughs> I get you. And also, there's a likelihood that there will be a consideration for ventilators to be competitively bid, which I believe is atrocious. I think it's an inappropriate category. And I'm talking about not just the um, non-invasive ventilators, but the invasive uh, tracheal ventilators as well. So. We will see, Brian, once we get the request for bid instructions, we'll have another one of these uh, programs uh, and we'll go through the actual categories and we'll do some demonstrations. Okay, sounds good, Mark. We appreciate your being on the show and uh, we appreciate your hard work on behalf of our members. Thank you, sir. Have a good one, Mark. Thank you.